Hello, folks. This is Dan McClay. We're going to be starting off a podcast called Kicks and Dribbles. It'll be three times a week, probably about 30 minutes. So we're going to look at international football. Not anything controversial. We're just going to look at international football as an overall perspective. Uh, look at all the leagues. Look at all the uh, qualifications. We've got World Cup coming up. We've got uh, uh, Euro Championship qualifiers going on right now. We've got uh, Champions League going on right now, coming out of the group stage. We've got Europa League going on. We've got Nations League going on. So a lot of football to look at. But one of the things we want to start with here on this uh, on this podcast today is the MLS. MLS has had a good season. They brought in some good crowds. And so now we're getting down to the uh, nitty-gritty, you might say, of the, of the season. We had two uh, uh, games last night that were uh, determined who are – uh, going to be the opponents in the uh, conference finals. Last night, uh, Atlanta played uh, Philadelphia, and uh, Atlanta shut out Philadelphia two to nothing against Atlanta United. They played at home. Uh, they have always had a good fan base. Uh, ever since they've come into the league, they've been a very strong team. They've done a lot. Uh, they've looked very, very strong. So last night, they uh, they put it all together and did a two nothing win over the uh, Philadelphia Union. So Atlanta will go on. They'll play Toronto in the uh, conference Eastern Conference Final. That'll be coming up this Wednesday. They'll be playing at Atlanta. So Atlanta's going to have home field advantage there, and they're a strong team. Toronto's going to have to bring their A game if they're going to look to go into the finals of MLS. Uh, Toronto, good team, lots of good players, people you recognize, people you know, and uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be tough to handle. But I think Atlanta having the home field advantage and being the team that they are, Atlanta will be able to uh, to come through with that. So I see Atlanta going in from the Eastern Conference. Now, looking at the Western Conference game last night, Los Angeles FC, five, LA Galaxy, three. That's right, folks. Eight goals scored in that game. Wow. What a game it was. Defense kind of took a sabbatical, you might say, on the sidelines. Uh, Bob Bradley, head coach at LAFC, doing a great job. Uh, always thought uh, highly of Bob. He's been a he was a great soccer coach with the men's national team. He went over and coached the Egyptian national team, did a good job there, coached the club team in Norway. From what I understand, had good success there, is now uh, now at LAFC and doing a good job. He's got his team uh, going right. I watched the highlights from the game. A lot of good passing, a lot of good off-the-ball movement, and uh, LAFC has got the people to put the ball in the net, obviously. So um, LAFC going up. Uh, going against uh, Seattle uh, coming up in the Western Conference Final. That'll be Tuesday at LAFC. And LAFC ought to be thanking their lucky stars they got the uh, home field advantage because (laughs) anybody that goes to Seattle to play the Sounders and it's a playoff game, boy, I tell you what, you're at a disadvantage because that is a great fan base. It's a great soccer city. Uh, You're going to have a lot of people yelling and screaming. the opponents feel intimidated when they go into Seattle. And so uh, having Seattle come to your house is definitely an advantage. And I wish Bob Bradley all the luck. Um, he's a great guy. So we'll see what happens as uh, LAFC takes on Seattle this Wednesday. Now, the winner of those two games of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, whoever has the most points from the uh, regular year standings, uh, will host the MLS game 
uh, for the championship the following week. So um, some good soccer there on the United States uh, League, and uh, MLS has done a great job promoting it. And I understand uh, some teams, some new teams are on the horizon, so that'll be good to good to see. Um, MLS going strong. Moving from MLS to the U.S. US national team, gosh, we've got some problems there, I guess you might say. Uh, Greg Burkhalter is a good coach. Greg, I remember when he played, was a great guy, uh, really steady, uh, understands the game, knows how to how to get the things going. Uh, I know that <clears throat> the hiccup they had in Toronto as the U.S. national team lost to Canada 2-0 a couple weeks ago was an embarrassment. Uh, unfortunately, as you go through a road trying to rebuild situations, trying to make things better, you're going to have these little hiccups. Um, I think if they go back and look at the film, realize what things were were done that shouldn't have been done, how to make that better as far as getting that ball through the midfield with sharp, crisp passes, uh, getting off the ball movement better. Uh, people seem to be people seem to, to be standing around during the game. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a uh, sad situation for the United States team. So uh, I hope that uh, Greg will be able to break down that film and make it look better. So there is a reprieve for uh, for the United States. They do a return match against Canada. That'll be on November the fifteenth in Orlando at Exploria Stadium. Um, all I got to say is the United States should come out of that locker room on November the 15th and have their foot on the accelerator. Uh, if they don't have their foot on the accelerator, something is definitely wrong, but they need to come out and show that they are the better team. And they are the better team on paper, um, but they need to show it on the field and demonstrate it. Again, the passing needs to be sharper. The passing needs to be more direct. Uh, there needs to be a lot of interaction movement amongst the midfielders and that that off the ball movement is so important, especially now in the way football is played with the speed. Because if you dominate the midfield, chances are you're going to dominate the game. So let's hope the United States can come out and make a statement uh, when they play Canada in the rematch uh, in Orlando. And again, that is November the 15th. If you're in the area, you might want to stop by, see if you can't get a ticket. It should be a pretty good game. Um, USA is also going to be a rematch, do a rematch with Cuba uh, next month. That will be down in Havana. Um, not a really <laughs> friendly place to play, but I think the United States, after that six nothing or you know, six nothing win over Canada over Cuba uh, the last time, uh, they should be able to go into Cuba, play their game, play steady. Don't worry about the environment around you. Get the job done and then get out. And uh, everything should be okay. But that game against Canada uh, looming up is a big one. And the United States needs to take the bull by the horns and go with it. We've got, uh, that's Nations League. And if anybody ever saw how they determine who goes on in Nations League and how the uh, groups get paired up, uh, try reading it sometime. (laughs) It's uh, It's a little bit confusing. It'll give you a headache. But if you follow it and stay with it, you'll realize how these groups come about. Hopefully, the United States can get drawn into a good group where we can find some teams that won't give us as much problems as uh, 
as we might uh, might encounter. Um, you have in the Central American division, you have Honduras and Costa Rica, which are two teams that always give the United States problems. Um, Honduras, a very physical team, uh, sometimes plays borderline, eh, yeah, not, not dirty, but uh, just borderline physical as far as being legal. The Costa Ricans have developed over the years a good team with speed and good passing. And they've got some guys that are playing in the English Premier League, which has really helped them. So if we can get into a group with only one of those teams, we should be all right going through this Nations League and coming out where we're supposed to be, where hopefully we get to see Mexico in the finals. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed and go forward. Again, November the 15th, important date, USA-Canada in Orlando. Let's go from Nations League to Europa League across the pond. Europa League, of course, is that league that's been set up for the teams from other countries who have um, finished in the third through sixth spot in their leagues. And this is a uh, tournament for them uh, to make them uh, feel like that they're, they're accomplishing something, they're moving forward. And uh, it's really, um, if you watch some of these teams play, it's really kind of interesting to watch the way that they've come about and they're doing very well. And uh, of course, some of these teams are going to fall by the wayside because they're not, uh, they're just not talented enough to keep up with some of the other teams that they're being drawn into to play. So uh, it's, it's just, it's just something that has come about over the years that UEFA has developed. And I, uh, I think it's interesting because it gives you more football to watch and more talent that uh, comes to the top and, maybe can uh, move into a, a Champions League-type team. Uh, some of the games that came about on uh, Thursday that were kind of interesting, we had Roma at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And, of course, Borussia Mönchengladbach is from the uh, Bundesliga and uh, a very good team. Roma was able to hold their own at home and come away with a 1-1 draw. So they're going to go to Borussia here in a couple of weeks in the return match. And Roman's going to have to do it because Borussia at home or any uh, Bundesliga team at home is is strong. And Borussia Mönchengladbach is about middle of the table, uh, maybe towards the top in the Bundesliga right now. So uh, Roman's going to have their hands full when they go to Borussia Mönchengladbach for the return match. Another match that was kind of interesting, Manchester United on the road got a shutout. Uh, shutout Partizan 1-0. So Manchester United will have a good advantage when they come home in the return match in a couple of weeks. Celtic of Scotland, uh, 2-1, a winner over Lazio uh, from Italy. So Celtic will go into Italy with an advantage in a couple of weeks. Celtic, a good team. They're having a usually strong season uh, up there in the Scottish Premier League. Arsenal at home against Vitoria Guimaraes from uh, Portugal. Arsenal winning 3-2. A high-scoring game there. But the Arsenal uh, guys were able to prevail. Well, apparently, they came from behind in that game. They're going to go to Victoria with a 3-2 advantage, but they need to make sure that they take care of business down there and not let it get away from them. Rangers from Scotland uh, playing in Portugal yesterday at Porto came away with a 1-1 draw. That's good for Rangers. So they'll get home and have uh, have the home field advantage as they try to uh, unlock that uh, that draw uh, that they got with Porto. Uh, some other interesting, uh, some other interesting games from around the Europa League. Hetafe 
shut out at home by Basel from Switzerland. Basel over the years has come up and has started to become a little bit of a force in the Swiss League. Swiss League is very good, full of good talent. Uh, Basel goes into Getafe in Spain, comes away with a 1-0 win. So going back to Basel, uh, Getafe is going to have a, a battle on their hands. Um, another, uh, another game that was kind of interesting, Rennes from the French League, Ligue 1. Rennes shut out at home by CFR Cluj from, the, uh, from, Slovakia, from um, Serbia. Uh, CFR Cluj winning 1-0 over Rennes. Rennes going over there in the return match a couple weeks, going to have their hands full as well. Uh, Saint-Étienne from the French League also, 1-1 draw uh, after their game, and there was a 1-1 draw at home. Wolfsburg out of the uh, Bundesliga with a 2-2 draw draw on the road at Ghent in uh, Belgium. And so uh, when that return match comes, Wolfsburg will be at home and they'll be have an even uh, even playing field there against Ghent. Ghent, good team um, to watch. Very good. And so going out of the Europa League, um, that's basically all that's going on. They'll have return matches in a couple of weeks. CONCACAF League, last night Olympia um, out of uh, Honduras, shutting out Deportivo Saprissa from Costa Rica. That was a 2-0 score. That game played in Honduras. There'll be a return match on that in a couple of weeks. Well, let's leave the Europa League now, and let's go on to the uh, Euro qualifiers that are going on uh, across the uh, across the European continent. Uh, interesting groups, interesting leaders, and uh, some interesting games coming up. Uh, group G, or I'm sorry, Group A uh, starts off with England leading, and you've got the Czech Republic and Kosovo. Uh, Right behind them. Now, England's got 15 points, which is very good, but the Czech Republic is right on their heels with 12 points. Kosovo, of all teams, Kosovo at 11. Montenegro and Bulgaria round out the group. Of course, you all heard a couple weeks ago, a very sad situation happened in Sofia as England was playing Bulgaria, England winning the game 6-0. Uh, at the, uh, during the game, there was a, uh, an incident of racial slurs being uh, yelled and uh, directed at the field toward the English team. Uh, The head of uh, Bulgarian football has resigned. Uh, That's a, uh, I guess, a first step in the matter. Uh, I have to believe that FIFA, if they want this uh, situation resolved uh, in, uh, in international football, has got to do a further investigation as to how it all started and who these people are and uh, take a matter, take the matter into their own hands and really come down with some strict uh, sanctions and or punishments. Um, I just, I just can't believe that this happened uh, in this day and age. I thought that maybe uh, this had all been put to rest with all the, uh, with all the efforts that have been made to, uh, to stop this racism movement against players in football uh, here on this continent and also in Europe. Uh, I just hope that FIFA addresses this situation. It's very, it's very serious. It's very ugly and uh, it needs to be uh, put away. Okay. So in Prague on November the 14th, the Czech Republic is hosting Kosovo. Um, If Kosovo comes in there for some reason and knocks off, the Czech Republic, 
That gives Kosovo 14 points, the Czech Republic only 12. Kosovo moves into second place. Could Kosovo advance to the uh, next round or come out of the group stage um, and go with England? That would be that would be a minor upset, to say the least. Czech Republic is stronger than that. Uh, I believe Czech Republic playing at home is going to have uh, going to have their pretty much their way, and they should, uh, being the team that they are. They're good, they're fast, and they're very smart. Going over to Group B, sort of a surprise going on there with the uh, top team, Ukraine, uh, leading with 19 points. Now, understand Ukraine has not lost a game in this group stage. They have Portugal, Serbia, Luxembourg, and Lithuania in their group. Obviously, Luxembourg and Lithuania not top caliber uh, teams, but certainly Serbia and Portugal are, and Ukraine has had uh, no problem with uh, with these uh, teams whatsoever. So the Ukraine's leading Group B is 19 points. Now you've got Portugal at 11 points behind in second place, and Serbia right behind them at 10 points. So the Portuguese have got to be careful and make sure that they get through to the next round uh, coming out of this group stage. Group C, good to see the Netherlands back in world football. Uh, Netherlands obviously absent from the last uh, World Cup. Their style, their... uh, their bravado uh, certainly missed uh, on the pitch. Um, glad to see them back. They're uh, leading Group C right now by a slim margin. You've got Germany right behind them at 15 points. Germany, an interesting situation, rebuilding. Joachim Lowe, who's he going to keep? Who's he going to use? What's he going to go for? Veteran uh, thought or speed? I think he's probably going to put uh, speed up front and in the midfield, and then he'll probably put veterans in the back kind of steady that defense. Um, Interesting match coming up on November the 16th. You've got Netherlands traveling to Belfast to play Northern Ireland. Understand that Northern Ireland's only three points back from those two at 12 points in Group C. Uh, Northern Ireland, as you know, made some noise in the last Euro qualifiers, and uh, the country is behind this team 100%. So it'll be... uh, I'm sure that stadium in Belfast is going to be rocking when uh, when the teams play uh, on November the 16th. Again, Netherlands, Northern Ireland, November the 16th, that game is in Belfast. Belarus and Estonia round out Group C, uh, and they are have been eliminated at this point. Now, in Group D, you've got the Irish, who are uh, making a strong name for themselves. They're leading their group with 12 points, just barely with Denmark right on their heels at 12 points as well. The Danish always play good football, seem to get to the qualifiers, seem to get through out of there, and then all of a sudden just seem to kind of fade. Danish will uh, run you out of the stadium. They're very fit. Technical, uh, Technically, as far as football is concerned, the Danish need to bring it up a level or so. But, uh, but no, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're nobody to play with and uh, need to be respected. Switzerland right behind Denmark at 11 points. I actually see Switzerland probably leapfrogging Denmark and taking that second spot and then going out of the, uh, out of the group with Ireland. Uh, Georgia and Gibraltar round out Group D. Group E, Croatia. Wow. World Cup finalist uh, this last time. Uh, Croatia's a good team. They're 14 points. You've got Hungary at 12, Slovakia 10. So at this point, it looks like Hungary may be in, in line to get out of that group with Croatia. However, uh, 
Croatia plays Slovakia in Zagreb on the 16th. And if Slovakia can somehow or another manage a win, then that would put Hungary in a rather dicey situation. But I think with Croatia playing in Zagreb, people in, people in Croatia show up for their, for their national team. They really follow that team very, very uh, adamantly. So I see a, uh, I see a Croatia win there. Um, Slovakia has given it a good run, but I don't see them with the firepower enough to hold off uh, Hungary in that second spot. The Hungarians, Hungarians need to come out of that group, but they need to kind of uh, better their style uh, a little bit as far as football is concerned and make sure that when they play that, uh, that they, uh, they, they move the ball in a consistent manner and uh, move the ball through the midfield and not try these uh, over-the-top kicks which they uh, seem to rely on. Um, the Hungarians, as far as ball control is concerned, uh, need to work a little bit on their, on their trapping and just their basic abilities to, to do the short pass and the, uh, and the lead pass uh, as they go into the attack zone. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Hungarians. Okay. Um, Rounding out their group, Wales and Azerbaijan. Wales could play a role in spoiling either Slovakia or Hungary's chance to uh, to knock uh, to to get into the uh, next round. Uh, Azerbaijan uh, down there at the bottom of Group E, uh, they've only got a point. Okay, Group F. Wow, what can you say about the Spanish? The Spanish are just an amazing group of players, amazing team, lots of talent. Twenty points right now in Group F. They're leading. Sweden, Romania right behind. Uh, Sweden and Romania play in Bucharest on November the 15th. That will determine who is the second-place team to go through. Norway gave it a good run, but I don't think they're going to come up with enough points to make a a run at Sweden or Romania. Um, So the Norwegians are going to probably end up with either 11 or 12 points uh, in that group. Faroe Islands and Malta round out Group F, each with three points. As we look at Group G, Poland, what a what a what a Euro qualifier they've had in this group stage. Nineteen points, doing very well, looking very strong. The Polish have always been very very consistent. They play good football. They play sharp football. They play attacking football, and it's really not always refreshing to watch them play. Austria, very surprising here in second place. Although the group has not really uh, shown to be a very competitive group because you've got Northern Macedonia, Slovenia, and Israel all tied at 11 points behind Austria's 16. The Austrians have great talent. Um, Austrians have a good league going. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg, a a very good team. Uh, I was in Austria recently and got a chance to see Austria Wien play in Vienna. And uh, they have a good, uh, good style. They have a sharp uh, movement of the ball through the midfield. Uh, the majority of the uh, team is Austrian. And so I got a good idea of how the Austrian team plays. And Austria has made a good showing. Coming out of, the, of this uh, group stage, Austria might find themselves a little bit uh, over, their, over their heads in the, in the kind of play that's going on. So we'll see how that fares out. Um, Israel and Latvia uh, round out the group. Um, Israel has been playing well, but unfortunately just doesn't have the talent to bring it, uh, up to a stage where they can compete with an Austria or a Poland group H we've got Turkey leading with 19 points, Turkey playing very strong, very well, 
France right behind them at 19 points and Iceland at 15. I see France and Turkey going through from Group H with no problem. Albania was in that group. I was looking for a little bit more from Albania. Good, strong team, but Albania is just not doing it. And uh, they're going to be uh, 12 or 13 points Andorra and Moldova round down Group H. Group I, Belgium, 24 points. Boy, the Belgians just have shown how tough they really are. Uh, they're, uh, they're right ahead of Russia at 21 points and Cyprus at 10. So Belgium and Russia are going to go through from Group I. Belgium and Russia, two excellent teams. The Scots, Scotland, nine points. Kazakhstan, seven. So uh, Belgium and Russia kind of made mincemeat out of that group, you might say. Group J, the Italians, 24 points. Unbelievable. Italians are just very, very talented. Uh, have got a good young team. Uh, look for them to do big things when they get out of this group stage. Finland behind them at 15. Armenia, 10. I hope the Finns can improve their style somewhat because they have a tendency to try to run you out of the stadium instead of trying to score goals to get you out of the stadium. Um, the Finns need to work on their technical uh, movement of the ball, and hopefully they can uh, they can get get far advanced because if Finland gets far advanced, uh, that would be somewhat of an upset. Finland is uh, somebody that hadn't been on the soccer radar for a while, and so uh, coming out of Group J, could, it will be definitely fin- Italy and Finland. Let's see how it all ends up as far as, uh, as that is concerned. With regards to the 2022 World Cup uh, group qualifyings, we're going to have nine groups as usual. And uh, you've got 204 countries that are trying to qualify for the uh, 2022 World Cup. Um, in South America, you've got the top four teams. And then, of course, that fifth team is going to have to travel somewhere uh, to deciding on what FIFA depends on depends on what FIFA decides to do uh, that fifth team out of the South American comma ball is going to go somewhere to uh, to qualify uh, Africa gets five slots Europe is going to have 13 slots and then of course you're going to have the remaining slots coming out of the, uh, the uh, Pacific Basin as well as the United States Canada Mexico that northern hemisphere CONCACAF is going to fill out that area so uh, I look for some good games to come out of the South American combo ball uh, qualifications. I also look for some good, strong games to come out of Africa. Uh, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire, they are good teams. Uh, they're strong teams. One of those two teams is going to make a real run, I think, when they play in Qatar because the heat is not going to bother them. Um, Cote d'Ivoire has got some great players. They all play in the English Premier League, a couple in the Bundesliga. Uh, same with Nigeria. Nigeria is a is a tough team because they're fast. They also have technical ability, and I like the way they play. So that would be something to look forward to uh, come, uh, come, uh, come uh, World Cup qualification. Very quickly, let's go look at uh, the Champions League. We've got group stage ending on December 11th there. Group A, PSG and Club Bruges uh, are leading. Group B, Bayern Munich and Red Star Belgrade. Uh, looking good. Tottenham is right behind Red Star Belgrade. Group C, Man City and Dynamo Zagreb. Two excellent teams right there. Group D, Juventus and Atletico Madrid. One and two. However, Locomotive Moscow. One point behind Atletico Madrid. Could be interesting. Group E, Napoli and Liverpool with Red Bull Salzburg out of Austria. Tied with Liverpool right now for that second spot. Um, 
Group F, Borussia Dortmund and Barcelona. Barcelona in the second position, but should come out of that group with no problems. Group G, you've got Zenit, St. Petersburg, and Lyon with Leipzig. One point behind Lyon in that, so Group G could be very interesting. And Group H, Ajax and Valencia with Chelsea tied with Valencia for that spot in Group H. That's all the time we've got today. As I said, we'll be doing 30 minutes three times a week here on this podcast. Um, We're going to look at international football, different situations, leagues around the world, uh, how qualifications are going for different teams. So it'll just be kind of an overall view of world football. Glad to have you with me. I'm Dan McClay. This is Kicks and Dribbles. Thanks so much for tuning in.